And she's taking my hands and she's putting them in places. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't the, this isn't a private dance. This is a very personal. This is beyond. Thanks for letting me use the phone book. Still a virgin. You never think it's gonna happen. You're just like, this is a crazy night already. Touch her boobs. Oh man, look at that. You don't think that it's gonna be the night. It doesn't happen like this. It doesn't happen with a stripper going, let me use the phone book. Now I'm gonna fuck you. It doesn't happen like that. That's not how the world works. That's how movies work. That's not how the world works. Plus, it's a little behind the time for me to have some sort of Holden Caulfield moment. I'm 21, all right? I'm legally drinking and still just like, Ugh. it's not precious. Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I am uh, C.J. Sullivan, your co-host. That was Sean Flannery. And it's an, uh, every week here on the Blackout Diaries, we're going to have a different theme to the debauchery of drinking. And this year's theme <laughs> is uh, embarrassing yourself in front of your family or your family embarrassing you. Bidirectional goes both ways. <laughs> it is very, very bidirectional. Almost a rite, a rite of passage when it comes to uh, us Irishmen, anyway. And um, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We'll also talk about some stories at the end that involve uh, family embarrassment, drinking, and how it ties into the holidays, and just how you never really grow grow too old for the it, it can happen anywhere. Yeah, sporting anywhere, events. Uh, right. We're going to hear of a story that happened at the happiest place on earth, CJ. So it can, <laughs> you can embarrass your family anywhere when you're drinking enough. A magical place, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> that is Sean Flannery. He is the creator of the Blackout Diaries, a live show in Chicago where these drinking stories recorded from. And he is very much qualified to talk about embarrassing stuff in front of your parents. You once called in a favor of a free ride from your parents well past the age of 30 years old. That is absolutely correct. You know, they give you the mm -hmm. speech in high school. Call us if you need a ride. Right. They don't assume <laughs> you phoned that favor in at 43. <laughs> and I've done that. I've, I think I've told this story on the podcast, but and I've, I've seen it actually done at the age-appropriate level where my littlest brother mm -hmm. called. Uh, really? After he was arrested, and I got to see it as like a third party observer, which was <laughs> hilarious to see. Just them being woken up at three in the morning. Not really, they, they're, they're not too spry, you know? Yeah. I think my dad spent probably a half hour looking for a slipper saying, Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. And they just started yelling at everyone. Anyone, yeah. anyone related to your brother, anytime yeah. they start doing the third person as well. Yeah, you need to just get out of that house. You know what your brother <laughs> just get, did, right? It's kind of yeah, like they start screaming at you for everything you, you know. Yeah. Why aren't you working? It's like two in the morning, Dad. You know. I know you get woken up and just screamed. It's like when someone gets mad at you for, uh, you know, like a partner gets mad at you for uh, being misbehaving to them in a dream they had. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What the fuck? You were mean to me in my dream. Well, I don't know what's going. What do you mean? I wasn't involved in that. Yes, you were. All right. You know what? Okay. <laughs> Let me just get out of your way. And co-hosting with me today is C.J. Sullivan, as always. Uh, C.J., you're also, I think, perfect to co-host mm -hmm. this episode on family embarrassments because you come from the unique situation where no one has to be embarrassed. You come from an absolutely shameless, unembarrassable family. Got an embarrassable family who's used to the uh, mishaps as a, as a younger, as a drunk. So I, I, I actually, like, my uh, when I would bring friends home drunk to my house... We were almost like the mob, like doctor, you know, almost like if I like, like, <laughs> yeah. sober him up over there. Right, exactly. Someone gets shot. Okay, bring him to the doctor down the street. He won't call the cops, you know. Like, bring him. All right, at least CJ's dad will be know how to take care of him. He's a drunk, and no one's going to find out about it later. And like, I would bring uh, bring friends home, just crawling on hands and knees down the hallway. My dad would give him like nice. Kicking the ass to help him. Make sure everyone gets to bed in time, you know, because he's a professional. We've been down this road before. Yeah. Let's not waste any Keep time. Keep them on tiled floors. We can mm -hmm. handle this. <laughs> exactly. So we have a great episode today, Sean Flannery. Before we get, uh, we might as well get into it very soon. We have the great guest, Kyle Kinane. 
who is a one uh, of our favorites, absolute favorites, longtime friend of the Blackout Diaries, of both mm-hmm. of us from Chicago. Yeah. Great, of course, great comic. Everyone loves Kyle Kinane. He he has a man. I mean, he's he's built for this show. He's got so many stories, and you're going to find out. Not only do we have an old, we have an old recording um, of a great story that you're about to hear just right now, but what also makes this recording special is that it was done. Um, Almost eight, nine years ago at the Lincoln Lodge, where the show Blackout Diaries has right now, but the original location up on the do- Flapjack Pancake House Correct. Diner. And it was their last show. It was the last show ever there. So it was kind of a big ceremonial thing. He mm-hmm. had, he had, and he had his family came out because it was such a big show. And his parents were in the audience. D- despite his stern objections, <laughs> yeah, his parents were, because he was going to tell an embarrassing story. Right. It's about how he lost. Yeah, it's about how he lost his virginity. I'm not giving too much away. So it's, it's a very funny story about losing his virginity. And he and he told us. Yeah, and he told his parents. And he tells his parents. He never tells his parents not to come to a show. Mm-hmm. They're they're always a hit. By the way, his parents, we love this guy's parents. And there, this there one he told. Also, ahead. additionally, at that show, a separate person told a story that was tangentially related to where, where a photo of Kyle's testicles are displayed. <laughs> so right. this was all a powder keg of embarrassment <laughs> about to happen for Kyle Kinane now all that his parents it. have insisted upon joining. Yeah, so we're going to listen to this story right now. It's an amazing story. Sit back and listen to Kyle Kinane's story, and then we're going to have him right after the break to talk about telling this story in front of his parents and what kind of embarrassment that left. So without further ado, here's another chapter. From the Blackout Diaries, here's Kyle Kinane. That's a terrible introduction. Now I gotta live up to that. Being a good person and a good comic? Come on. Hi, everybody. Last show. I know, it's a bummer. We've gotten over it. There's a, there's a, oh, beer's helped everything in my life. Uh, I, I just nonchalantly wore a, beer, a bar shirt to this show. I didn't even notice. That's just part of my wardrobe. Um, so let's, uh, I mean, uh, there, there, there's a show after this. I'll be doing more of a tribute to that. Uh, but for now, uh, I do want to say this has been a, a fantastic place to come and as, uh, to restate what Mick was saying. The Blossoms were before 14 years ago. That's as long as I've been doing comedy. It's one of the first plays I've done. So we owe it to Mark Geary and the Lincoln Lodge <laughs> for letting this be a place uh, that we can do that. Uh, and so, and uh, since I, I, I figured it fitting, since Mark Geary uh, was responsible for taking my uh, uh, comedy virginity with an open mic he ran at a place called the Red Lion Pub off, uh, uh, well, that was on uh, Lincoln in uh, in Lincoln Park, uh, which is no longer there. Uh, I will tell a story about how I lost my actual virginity uh, to a stripper, and um, <laughs> this story entails. This is the thing. Like my parents have also been very supportive. They're here tonight, and I'm like, God damn it! They got it. Well, I, I say, God damn it! You applaud. Um, I was like, they're going to hear horrible stuff. And I don't, like, that's the problem with comedy. I share the terrible things. You laugh at them. But then the overly supportive parents are like, well, apparently the people his age like it. And so they, <laughs> they keep coming back. And they, they come to these shows. And tonight I was upset. And my, my mom actually tried to stop. She's like, I know, I've already heard about the stripper thing. I'm like, don't, you don't get to say it. I get to say it. You don't, I don't want to know that you know. You can know, but don't let me know that you know. <laughs> That's one of the few things that had happened to me early, before I started comedy. It, ha- it happened when I was 21. I started comedy when I was 22. And I realized that once I started comedy, I realized that everything was some sort of journalism. Every experience I could filter through this, this medium, and tell people about it. So this was pre-that. That was just me going, I have to do this because of life. And so... <laughs> As much as it sounds awful losing your virginity at 21 to a stripper, it was actually a very pure experience because there was no other intention other than I need to, like, I need to get rid of this thing. You have your virginity past the age of 18, and it's not, there's no flower. It's just a, it's just a, a heavy suitcase you carry around to every, to every party. Like, oh, God damn it, here we go. It's just this fucking, yeah, yes, yes, you can tell? Yes, you can tell. So at, at the age of 21, I, I had not found stand-up yet. <clears throat> uh, uh, I, I was working at a gas station in Wooddale, Illinois, uh, not really blossoming. 
in the early 20s. 21, you should be graduating college. I was on my third one, uh, Columbia, where you all you wash ashore at Columbia. Uh, that's what it's there. It should, yeah, the logo should just be a beach with like everybody that like failed out of UIC, just kind of. I can be a broadcast journalist? Okay. I'll go here for a while. Uh, I was working at a gas station, not much happening. I was working a night shift at a gas station, and a woman came in, not, not an attractive woman by uh, traditional or non-traditional standards. Uh, <clears throat> tall, lanky, lanky would be a flattering way. Skinny, skinny, real, real pile of chicken bones. And uh, she showed up, uh, stringy hair, and I noticed a, a lipstick with a lip liner. That look that never worked unless you were a Puerto Rican girl, but just a skinny white woman with a lip liner and lipstick. And she came in, it was about 10 p.m., and she came in, she's like, do you know where I could buy some shoes? <laughs> like, who would need shoes at 10 p.m.? It's a stripper. And I was like, oh, I don't know, but you could, here's a phone book. This is back in the day where you had a phone book, and I let her use the telephone. And she, um, she's like, I broke, a, my, I broke my shoes last night at work. I'm like, what are you doing? Still, this is why I was a virgin at 21. <laughs> could, what are you doing? You're just breaking these shoes. Oh. So it was innocent enough, just a general... Here you go, use the phone book, use the phone, I don't care. We're at a gas station, I don't have a lot of, you know, not a lot of value in life. Run up the bills, I don't care. Just, just friends openly trying to make bongs out of Dr. Pepper bottles with customers in. Like, they're like, I'm gonna have to steal some gum too so we can close this up. Go for it, dude, go for it. Pump three, gotcha, no worries. <clears throat> and uh, so then she told us, she's like, I work at uh, All Stars Gentlemen's Club. Of course. All stars. Oh, who isn't? Who isn't? You're all wall of famers to me. So over on Grand Avenue, Grand Mannheim. And she's like, I work there. She's coming. I'll give you a free dance for the help. Yeah, you offer what you got to offer. But I said, fair enough. I called up my friend. We would, uh, you know, once in a while dip into another elder virgin. So the clothes we get, let's go to the strip club. And be complete goons. Here's all the money we made. Here's all the money from our two jobs. Here's all my pizza money. Here. I get singles, you get singles. It was, it was, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship. And so I, I called up my friend and I told him about this. And he was, he was like, whoa, serious? Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll go. Like free dance, free dance. <laughs> it's not something you want gratuity from. <laughs> so uh, she left, and uh, she uh, told me her name was uh, Crystal. Yet not a delicate woman. It was ironic. <laughs> There's nothing fragile about her. And you spit a little. You spit a little. All right. <laughs> And so uh, we went. Now, M Mark, uh, Marco, I already said his name. Fuck it. My friend Marco. <coughs> you don't know him. Picks me up. Now, we, 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 got, uh, we, got, uh, we got a bottle of Crown Royal. It's, you know, you, that age where you get a drink, you're like, oh, you got to have a drink, but you don't know what your drink should be, so you're just 21 and a shithead. Like, I'm a Captain Morgan's man. Like, don't say that around other men. <laughs> like, you don't know what your drink should be yet, so you're just trying to stick with one thing that you had a good time on once. You know, like, Crown Royal it is. Like, jewel bag. Which is... <laughs> Look at us, like debutantes, just at his fucking Grand Am in a parking lot at a strip club. We were singing misfit songs. We were singing. We were singing along to misfit songs. I, we were singing skulls, which I was singing. I want your touch, but it's really I want your skulls. But I didn't know that much about the misfits, and so that's when Mark is like, "What the fuck are you saying?" I'm like, "It's like I want your touch." He's like, "This is the misfits. They don't sing I want your touch." I'm like, "I thought maybe it was a creepy touch." He's <laughs> like, "It's skulls." I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, it is." So there's a lot of learning experiences that were gonna happen that night. <laughs> Foreshadowing. That's what they taught me at Columbia about storytelling. <laughs> so we go in. There, you see Crystal? Oh, you're doing your lanky glory up there. 
was, oh, she, she was the one. That, yeah, everybody wiped down the pole after Crystal Dance. She was one of those. You, you know, when there's no rapport, I'm disease-free, by the way. You should know in the aftermath of this. Everything's, everything's working out. Everything's fine. So. So she's there, she sees me, she sees me, she's like, oh, come by, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come, let's go in the back. She's talking for a little bit. I'm going, well, I'll give you the dance. And I'm like, oh, hey, hey Margo, free dance, huh? Yeah, okay. <laughs> free dance, <clears throat> go in the back, and it's the back room where the, the private dances have. What a weird, it's private. Jeez, I'm all up on your dick. Like, that's not private, that's very, <laughs> you're right in my personal space, that's not. And so she's dancing, and then, and she's taking my hands and she's putting them in places. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't, the, this isn't a private dance. This is a very personal. <laughs> this is beyond, thanks for letting me use the phone book. <laughs> Still a virgin. You never think it's going to happen. You're just like, this is a crazy night already. Touch your boobs. Oh, man, look at that. <laughs> you don't think that it's going to be the night. It doesn't happen like this. It doesn't happen with a stripper going, let me use the phone book. Now I'm going to fuck you. It doesn't happen like that. That's not how the world works. That's how movies work. That's not how the world works. Plus, it's a little behind the time for me to have some sort of Holden Caulfield moment. I'm 21, all right? I'm legally drinking and still just like... It's not precious. So that's happening. Still... With my hands inside of her, I'm thinking, I might get laid tonight. <laughs> you never want to be presumptuous. It's rude. <laughs> so we're out there, and, and, and so Mark goes like, how's that dance? I was like, oh, oh, oh. all kinds of stuff happened in there. Like, I, still, I, can't, I still won't articulate it. It still feels bad to articulate it. And so this happens, and, I, uh, and eventually she comes back over. She's like, you, you go home with me. Just said it. You'll go home with me. And I just turned to Marco. He's like, you're going to go home with her. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so uh, she then informs me. She's like, I'm going to meet you at the gas station down the street. I can't take you home from here. It looks bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'll meet you and your fake name at the gas station down the street. <laughs> and I got there. Because I guess she had to close up or count out her drawer. I don't know how the business works. <laughs> count out her drawers. Huh? One-liners. We still got them. Still a stand-up show. So I just sat there quietly with Marco like, this is it. I'm going to lose my virginity tonight. That's a weird thing to just sit there and prep with with a friend who's, who's, who's still doesn't have your best intentions at heart. He's like, yeah, yeah, you can do it. You can do it as a stripper. Yeah. I'm like, should I? He's like, don't ask me that. <laughs> but you're going to do it. She comes by, she drove a black uh, Camaro with red racing stripes on it. Uh, get in. Yeah, I was impressed by the vehicle. A lot of classic rock. I should mention that she, uh, a song like, uh, you know, a, a song that will always uh, break my heart a little bit is. Um, the Lumberjack by Jackal. That's what she did. That's what she danced to. Was the It has a chainsaw solo in it. I don't know if you're familiar with the Lumberjack. I don't have music cues or videos or nothing, but you can imagine a song that has a chainsaw solo in it. That's where virginity's going. Into that lockbox. So we drive, all of a sudden we're just driving. I'm like, where are we going? She's like, we'll go out where I am. To Joliet. We went from, that's where we went. Grand and Mannheim out to Joliet. We get out there, she's like, we can't go to my house because they know what I do, it'll look bad. Everything's looking bad, Crystal. Everything's looking bad. She didn't wear shoes. She wouldn't wear shoes. She's like, no, I don't wear shoes. I don't like wearing shoes. I'm like, I'm very, she's like a real shoe theme through this whole evening. She just doesn't have shoes. The shoes are broken. She can't find them. It's like she was raised by fucking wolves. I don't know who this woman, Crystal, that's taking me out to Joliet. So we go to a Days Inn in Joliet where I'm like, oh, let me, I, I should get this. And she's like, no, no, I, I, I know the guy's here. I'll get it right. 
Like, everything's just getting worse and worse. The, like, the fantasy of, like, losing your virginity to somebody that knows what they're doing. It's the worst. It's horrible. It's just a fucking yellow belt standing in front of, like, Bruce Lee. Like, yeah. just you just get destroyed. <laughs> fucking Shoeless Joe takes me up the stairs. This is in February. This is in February. She takes me up the stairs. We go to the bedroom. She puts the TV in. She's like, rub my feet. Huge, dirty feet. Huge, tall, six-foot-tall, dirty, bare feet. Rub my feet. Like, oh, yes, ma'am. Rub the feet. Eventually, there's just a couple of Newport 100s later. It's like, all right, here we go. And sex happens. Sex, at this point... There was a strip down. She had a lot of bad dragon tattoos. I saw before the strip, but now up close, you just see dragon tattoos. Dragons are either terrifying or they're, the, or they're hilarious looking. There's no middle ground with a dragon. Like, it's a mildly intimidating dragon. They're either Japanese kung fu scary shit or it's just like a cartoon. Well, eventually, I'll be a friend. You know, that's what dragons are. And her body just had different dragon tattoos. The thing was, the newer tattoos were worse than the older tattoos. Like, she kept going back to the same guy because he kept apologizing. Like, next time I'm going to get it right. I've been, I've been looking at books of dragons. I've been watching movies about dragons. Come, I'll, I'll get it right this time. And then just him, like, on her back going, ah, shit. You know, like, that's... <laughs> so, you know, this, this is going on. And uh, there's uh, some sex... And there's some other moves going on. And uh, then I'm like, I gotta say something. I confessed in the car. I'm like, this, this, I went over this part. I confessed in the car. I'm like, I've never done this before. I'm like, well, strippers? I'm like, it's like, just sex? <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, I'm a virgin. And she just went, not for long. <laughs> I, forgot that. I forgot that detail while we sat in the Camaro. <laughs> So eventually, this is, it, it ended with, uh, I'm like, I should, say, I should say something dirty. Say a dirty thing. You know? So like, she's saying all kinds of dirty stuff. So slap, grab, I'm like, I don't, that's too much. <laughs> and so I, I, I mumbled out, I was like, oh, I was, I was sucking my balls. <laughs> I don't know what I like. I've never done it before. You gotta just throw yourself at it like a buffet the first time when you got this opportunity. Let's do it all. She's like, oh, and just, just, uh, just this weird, just corn on the cob motion of like. <laughs> Again, nothing delicate about Crystal. Takes her finger, she takes her middle, middle finger, the longest one on her long, bony hand. And you know what the rest of the story is. The heels digging into the Days in mattress weren't enough. I had to say something. And that's how my first time having sex ended was with me putting my hand on her forehead and saying, that'll be enough of that. <laughs> she fell asleep. Uh, I started hearing these awful, just these, just this, this, uh, this, just this sound, this mashing, this stone mashing sounds. <laughs> because Crystal ground her teeth in her sleep. Just a violent woman at every get-out. Even, even unconscious, she was just a danger to herself and others. So I woke up and smoked her Newport 100s and watched the sun rise over Joliet, Illinois. And I was not a virgin anymore. Uh, that'll be my story for this evening. Thank you very much. We're back on the Blackout Diaries. That was Kyle Kinane telling his story years ago how he lost his virginity to a young, lovely 
<laughs> young Illinois woman named Crystal. And we have Kyle Kinane in here. Kyle, that was amazing. Thank you, and thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember, yeah, that's, that was that was a Lincoln Lodge show. That was did, Last did, show. Do we, do we know what year that was? Uh, yes, we do. It's on the file date. <laughs> I think it's 2013. <laughs> Right? 2013. It was the almost the last night of 2013, December 28th, 2013. Yeah. I remember. I remember telling like, because I mean, obviously, you know, Pat and Deb come to all the shows, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember telling yes, like, yes. I don't like, I, I specifically, I'm like, I don't want you to come to this show. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know parents, the story. God bless them. Are right. They're amazing, and they've seen it all. I love to. I love. I would have been furious if they they were not at that show. There's nothing better than watching. Well, your mom's the hit of every post-show table. Like, she tells the best stories. Yeah, well, she also has cigarettes for everybody. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, she she is an absolute stalwart. She's one of of the last people still alive that smokes. (laughs) And so I was like, ah, Deb's got uh, ultralight 100s. They they work all right if you bite half the filter off. (laughs) So you did not want him to come to this show in particular. No, because I, I knew I was going to tell that story. Right. It's, a, it's like technically a sex story. You never want to say that in front of your folks, you know. Yeah, but what an amazing virginity loss story. No, mm-hmm. not, not everyone has that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I got a finger that. jammed up my ass. And, like, that's <laughs> like, I would like both of you to try to imagine saying that story to your parents. <laughs> and and, and, it, and if you did, if somebody is like, you know, my parents are cool with that kind of stuff, then you have, a, yeah. you have uh, irresponsible parents. Yeah, right. So First of all, know, I'm not, I'm not cool with that. You know? yeah. like, my, say, like, that's great. They're cool with it. I'm my not cool parents with it, are so Catholic that I could do it almost, and they would block it out like they didn't hear it. Yeah, like they oh. wouldn't even allow their brains to process it. So like it would be like it never happened. It would never be mentioned or anything like that. What an amazing ability to have as a Catholic <laughs> to be like, no, no, I just thought about Jesus the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that was like it's in anybody's like my like like my mom's my best friend. That's what a red flag Ooh, for a human yeah, being. Yeah, that's anybody horrible. whose parents are their best friend. Uh, on both sides. Yeah. But I, I told him I'm like, I don't want you to come to the show. My mom's like, well, it was listed in the newspaper, and that means it's open to the public, so we're going. <laughs> and I was like, Well, then that's on you. And I remember going up to my dad afterwards and just being like I told you not to come, right? And and he just went, "That's that was more than I thought I was going to hear." <laughs> <laughs> he was he just he's like he's like yeah you were right yeah yeah uh-huh. tell right. he's like yep you were right to tell us not to come to that he's like that's more than I thought I was going to hear. <laughs> Why don't you listen to your kid once in a while? They're happy to be out of the house. They love coming down to the city. They weren't I'm happy from, that uh, night. From Madison, <laughs> and then they went right over to Reezy's. Goddamn, and the ants. The, and was that the night? Was that the night there was a fight and my dad almost jumped over a booth? Like, all right, yep. are you gonna Steven Seagal this whole bar? What are you doing? Yeah, uh, I'm getting nostalgic for the Canadian family myself. That, that's what I miss about Chicago comedy, really. <laughs> yeah, he did. He jumped over a booth <laughs> inside the Reezy's. It got settled down though. He was still he was in the midst of. He was in the midst of his Kenpo karate. He's got was a black belt. Two girls got in a fight. What? I. What it was just. It was just commotion. It was just brouhaha. But oh, my, okay. my dad's a black belt in Kenpo, but he's also seventy-five and on blood thinners. <laughs> and so every time he goes to the dojo, like any little nick or anything, it yeah. just looks like the end of blood sport. And so, <laughs> like every time he spars, the whole place turns into like a fucking hazmat scenario. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well kyle you have uh plenty of times been on the black eye ties you have plenty of uh mm-hmm. amazing drinking stories that you've told throughout the career and uh they're all older ones of course but you've you've yeah. gone strong you've gone through i don't you're still I making mean, new ones from time to time yeah, right? occasionally. yeah but what, like how do you feel about that isn't it like at what point do you feel more sad that you For have. sure, it's harder to make them as you get older. It's harder and I will, to make them. Yeah, and I will as say that they your should bit, be. Yeah, yeah. Your bit has been hitting my algorithms of the space shuttle one. It's it's so funny about being, <laughs> uh, <laughs> getting yeah. getting older and how you get so around. You're just the only one left, <laughs> like doing I these did, man, I, things. But I did, that a, I, I did that a few weeks ago, back when I was in Chicago, and it was like mm-hmm. they they closed the bar, and there's just a few of us drinking. Like I don't want to like I, I'm at the point now. I'm like. 
oh, details make a story. I'm like, nobody wants these details out there. (laughs) So I don't need to name the bars. I don't need to name the players. But I didn't really even know anybody. I haven't lived there in, you know, yeah. 20 years. It's it's a lot different now, for sure. But, uh, you know, people like, they know, they know me from comedy or whatever. So, yeah, you can stay in the bar and drink and hang out. And then some guy just puts his arm around me. He's like, we're going to go do some coke. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> well, also at this point, there was a guy that I thought he was just like, like you know, some people are drunk and they kind of hang on you. Mm-hmm. And I, But I was drunk, too. So I'm like. Yeah, everybody gets a little drunk and friendly. Then he was like rubbing my back a bit much. And I was, <laughs> was kind of like, you know what? Whatever. And then he uh, then he just kissed my cheek. Aww. I was like, oh, hey, man, I'm not yeah, into right. that. But yeah. you're a nice guy. And then a different guy was like, we're going to go do some coke. And that was my out. <laughs> like, that was not the safe out. So I'm like, oh, real- oh, thank God. But then I'm like, it, you know, it's. It's it's always bad, but they're not like the shit's dangerous now because like fentanyl and everything. And I go into yeah. the bathroom with this guy. I'm like, but how do I know this is safe? Like with fentanyl. And the guy goes, I've been doing it all night. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you sure are my little test strip buddy. And so I I did some, and then like you know, it's never. And he was like, it was. He didn't have a lot left, so he was administering it on the end of the key right. to me. And then, like a big old chunk just fell on the ground of the bathroom. And I'm like, I got it. <laughs> and even this dude who's been coked up all, no- all night goes, ah, oh, dude, you don't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Got it. laughs> oh, God. Yeah, man. man. So I'm not. Like, that's not cool. There's no. Oh, you fight. don't want to waste. <laughs> right, but is there a five-second rule when it comes to stepped-on Clorox uh, cocaine like I wasn't at a late-night bar? Quick enough to get down there in five seconds. But Jeez. <laughs> I think it's the the, the time is uh, longer for whatever the value it is of what you dropped. But like shit like that, where like I'll, oh I'll, I'll tell it on stage. Like do you get to the point like oh if people laugh at it, it's like this form of forgiveness. Like you're. Mm. Accepting my behavior. It, it makes it a little bit more human, right? I mean, at least people are laughing. You know, it's yeah. not too shocking. But you yeah, don't want to like keep going. Your head. Right. Yeah, it's you don't want to be head. like, that guy's going to die. Like, I, <laughs> I, I will, because like, and another one, like, it was last summer, and, you know, we live up in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I made, made some, it's a suburbs, and I made friends with a guy who's like, Rachel's out of town, and I, I rode a bike over to this guy's house, and I'm like, ah, he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go sit in my yard and drink beers. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Like, yeah. that doesn't get to happen in a city. That's yeah, why so you live in, in your yard, yeah. And he brought out some whiskey. We're drinking that whiskey, and I'm like, sure, man. I rode a bike, and we're just chit-chatting, just being in the suburbs. And then I went to ride my bike home, and I'm like, you're too dr- I, I have a helmet, and I have lights. I do that shit safe. But I'm like, uh-huh. you're too drunk to ride even in the bike lane. So I was on the sidewalk. <laughs> and another guy in a bike was coming towards me. I was like, whoa. And just, <laughs> like, just peewee hermit myself into some bushes that were, like, on a hill. So, like, I was laying down. My bike was, I see my blinky lights of the bike. And oh I'm just God. laying in the bushes. And I thought that was hilarious. It was just one one other <laughs> one one guy threw you off so much. Very wide sidewalk. I'm like, let's give him, let's give him space. I gave him so yeah. much space. I fell uh, ten feet down an embankment into some bushes, and I thought it was so funny that I took my phone out and took a picture of where my bike was and sent it to Rachel. <laughs> like I'm having a hell of a night. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Like that's sweet. You fell off a bike after yeah. a few drinks, but then I got home. And I put my bike in the garage and I was trying to hang my helmet up where I hang it. And like I fell over something and we had a litter box in the garage and I managed to like fall on the edge of the litter box and just catapult (laughs) all the contents onto my person. And that's, that's when I got sad. That's (laughs) like, that was when I was like, like falling once in a night and you're okay. And it's silly. And then 10 minutes later, you're just, Covered in like 
fresh step and chunks of like yeah now calcified you're, now cat piss. <laughs> I mean, and now you're like, doing stunt falling. Yeah, why don't you take a why don't you take a break off of booze for a little while? Man? <laughs> like, and, that, and that's when I had the beard that was down to here, and that oh, just yeah, caught so, so much cat. In, oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna catch a lot of catch a or lot you just of, need uh, friendly like, fire. You know, a there. cat a, a cat brush. is not an ideal pet for a fall down drunk. You need a, like maybe reptiles, or you, you need a, a different kind of pet, perhaps. For well, the they case. set well, up I, those booby I, traps. It seems like They're I'm going to go, I'm gonna go against you entirely. A reptile's in one box, and you have to take care of it. A cat can just go out and fend for itself. I think it's an ideal pet for a drunk because it's more of like a roommate that can handle its own shit. Yeah, okay. it, could, it could be missing for days and whatnot. Yeah, it'll come back. It'll it, it knows you're gonna fall in that kitty litter Yeah, box. but that like you're picking ca- you're like to catch some strays. Yeah, picking shit crumbs out of my like having to brush out my beard, and then I still <laughs> called Rachel where I'm like I'm sad now. I was gonna that, say that I, one I deserved the, that one deserved the photograph if anything. Yeah, I mean, that uh, seems like uh, that's almost highly skilled in order to do that. You've you've always been good on a bike though. When I first met you, in, uh, not met you when I first saw you in L.A. You got your initial uh, DUI that everyone got in LA when you, when you first moved out here before yeah, it's, Uber it's and all your, before Uber and all this stuff comes in your welcome right. bag. Absolutely, and then you were so you were riding a bike, but everywhere you had like, the pink you had the pink leather gl- uh, bike glove, fingerless gloves. Oh yeah, and then you pulled up to the saddle ranch and you hopped over the fence like you were. Oh, <laughs> you that's were, right. You were into yeah. the bike scene. You got and, like, pulled over by cops on a bike in uh, Burbank, didn't you? I got pulled over twice for like blowing a stop sign or I something. I got pulled over for, for going through a stop sign once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one, I went to court over that. LA, LA cops <laughs> hate bicyclists. Uh, the LA cops hate a lot of types of people. I mean, <laughs> so, cyclists are pr- pretty low down after you go through all the uh, ethnic yeah. groups. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I went to court because like, I went through a stop sign like eight in the morning going to work downhill. And I, I was because... The rule, like you have pedestrian right away, which is an uh, absurd law in LA. Like, oh, I want to cross the street here right now. Everyone has to stop, regardless of the common sense and how moronic that is to walk in front of moving vehicles. Now you all have to slam on your brakes because I've decided to jaywalk. I know, Uh, and they do it. And they, they stop. I can't believe they stop. I, I can't get myself to that position. I'm like, yeah, no, that science says that thing will kill you. Yeah. You can't just don't walk in front. That science says they have the right of way. And the cops will like, they'll, they'll set up like, it's not a speed trap, but like a, a whatever pedestrian right of way like trap. Imagine yeah. being that, that's your undercover day is like, you know, you're going to walk into <laughs> traffic, in front of which is an traffic. insult you would tell somebody <laughs> to fuck off. Yeah. And that's right. no. <laughs> Put on your plane clothes. You're stepping across San Vicente yeah. all afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> You're going across six lanes during rush hour. Yeah, why don't you go walk in traffic, buddy? <laughs> no, seriously, walk in traffic. You'll, you'll, pay, you'll be paid extra. So, yeah, I, I went to court. Like, I took time off of work to go to court because I had all kinds of questions. Because I'm like, well, if I was on the sidewalk with my bike, because in Burbank mm-hmm. you can ride bikes on the sidewalk. Right. I was like, wouldn't I be considered a pedestrian? And I had the right to go. And I got to the point where the judge is like, I can't just be answering these hypotheticals. And I have all I have yeah. all day. Yeah, like I took off work. I'm getting you, you charge. I got a hundred thirty five dollar ticket. I'm not leaving here. till I feel like I got one hundred thirty six dollars worth of justice. And the cop was there and the cop, well, the cop showed me. up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, and the cop, what an album that was. One hundred thirty six dollars worth of justice. <laughs> <laughs> and he followed me out of the courtroom. He's like. You know, those were really good arguments. Yeah, oh motherfucker, I know. Why do you think I'm here? <laughs> I've, been th- I've been sitting on these for four months. You don't oh, think I'm ready for these questions? I, I had this date marked in my calendar. I was excited <laughs> oh. for it. <laughs> and did you, guys, did you get some uh, justice and some answers for that? How'd that, how'd that case get settled? It cost me 135 bucks. Yeah, 135 bucks. And, and whatever I lost from not being at work. <laughs> Taking time <laughs> off. And then another time, I was just riding on, I was on the sidewalk, but then the cop lights went on. I'm like, what's the problem? Well, you just look suspicious. I had a hood on. You ride a bike with a hood on. Like, so anyway, that's, you know, cops. cops no, that's great. Cops In Chicago, cops the bike, the, they just dismissed the bikes. Well, we were always saying, like, well, every time there's a, Anytime like a biker gets like killed like in traffic, it's 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 barely even a ticket for the driver. Oh yeah, my, remember yeah. the one year 
You Chicago pay, does you its first paint the bike white and hang it up. Right, you paint yeah, the bike white, right. and they're like, "All right, and you guess the failure to merge." I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's all let's all go to work, right? The first year they did bike to work a week in Chicago, four bikers died on Monday. The first day. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny. one, the, the, but it is, and the cops just show up and they're like, I don't know. I mean, we can call a priest for the driver, but yeah. as far as we're, uh, you know, yeah, right. they act like it's a bird flying. Yeah, just sweep this, in, sweep this to the side. Uh, somebody, there's a half a bag of tortilla the chips guy, in the street. They came right down at it. All right. One Porsche driver, uh, killed a guy he knocked him into a garbage truck he was ticketed it was it was not even as expensive as yours kyle he got a 70 dollars ticket for it was something like failure to check mirrors before opening a door yeah sure and then killed the other guy. guy and the other guy got a ticket for dying on a high <laughs> dying on a main street <laughs> illegal, also dumping, got illegal dumping right. <laughs> in illegal truck. dump at a five-way intersection up north. <laughs> yeah, but when I got when I got the DUI, I was like, I was riding my bike. Some of it was like Catholic penance, like, well, mm-hmm. you don't get to take any shortcuts from your obligations. You will right. get there. And I was living in Burbank, dude. That's I came from. It was like Molly Malone's or something, mm-hmm. which is like way out. I don't know if it's like Fairfax and Venice or something. Way out there for the people that don't know. And Burbank is basically the suburbs. It's the valley. Yeah, it's and deep would, down Hollywood. It's near the 10 almost on Fairfax, right? Yeah. And I was, so that's like an hour and a half bike ride. Some people, that's nothing. Sure. For me, yeah. it's a bit that's much. A solid, for that's me. a hard bike ride. That's too. a long bike. A lot of hills. Right. You got to yeah, go around hills. hills and up yeah. And, and I remember I can't, yeah, hills right along the river. It's a real ad- adventure game. And so I finally get back. I, I get back to the Glendale. I'm like, I'm going to get Del Taco. I'm sad. I'm sad I got a DUI. I'm sad I got a... That's the only place that's open at this point, three in the morning when I'm finally getting yep. back home. And I'm in the drive through at Del Taco on my bicycle. And there's a, car, there's a car of Armenian women in front of me and Armenian guys behind me. And they're hitting on each other by making fun of me. Literally ins- insulting me through my very being. <laughs> just like hey, look at this fucking idiot what's your name <laughs> and I'm like, just like guys it's just I'm just trying to guys. get my three for a dollar tacos All right. and then I got him <laughs> I realized I still had a ways to go home that they'd be cold so I just sat at a bus stop and ate Del Taco my, my DUI shuttle and I was like <laughs> I was like this is I still had to have faith in like why I moved to LA I'm like this will pay off You're gonna, yeah that's you're a still, beautiful story you still you're still here for the right reasons, Kyle. Stay focused, buddy. <laughs> Try these chicken tacos at a bus at a bus bench at three in the morning. Oh my god! I remember you used to have a bit about waiting for the clock to turn at Del Taco to get the to get the Taco Tuesday special, like oh, and debating whether I was always I was always there on a Monday night, and they're like that promotion <laughs> doesn't start till four p.m. Like, bitch, no, it's Tuesday now. It's twelve oh three. Getting into a semantics now. argument about the calendar. <laughs> yeah, I don't have time for this. It's Tuesday. I got a dollar six. I came here with exactly a dollar six. <laughs> Oh my God! So you're still churning out the stories. What we're trying to say, even That's though the bike is man. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not a good joke writer. <laughs> <laughs> Just go fuck yourself but, up and uh, relate to the news. You're a journalist. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. A, I'm out there reporting on the human condition. It's it's my condition. It's not. <laughs> if this is a shared condition, you're right. in trouble. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that's amazing, Kyle. Um, well, Kyle, uh, what else you got going on? Is there anything you want to promote before uh, you leave? Oh, sure. Uh, uh, CJ got to participate in No Accounting for Taste. Uh, yep, that was amazing. Did, I was a second and third guest. With on one of my show. favorites. With All Shane, of our yeah, favorites. With, with, yeah, with Shane, Shane Torres. We tried to have some structure, but, uh, yeah, what are you going to mm-hmm. do? The, Jokes uh, over everything. First time I met Shane Torres, by the way, was. Uh, we were doing we, we were doing background all day in your special Kyle in Chicago at the Metro. We were drinking <laughs> beer, we were drinking beer all day while you flubbed lines with CM Punk. And it was like for, like for six hours, you know, you know, in continuity. So we just had kept filling up the picture, and we got fucking hammered. And then uh, that's when I did, uh, and then the line was like the line was numb nuts or something, and like. Uh, 
and it was and like you kept flubbing it, whatever, and everyone kept flubbing it. We got drunk, and then finally the director like said it like, "All right, that's a wrap on Numb Nuts." <laughs> like that, that's <laughs> that's because that was like the name of the scene, but that summed up everything. Like, yep, that makes well, that's about great. that's about right. Yeah, that's a, a wrap on Numb Nuts. Had a lot of non-actors that I thought could, uh, yeah, you know, uh, just we pulled it cr- off. Me, cruise me, in me there and Shane. deliver some lines. So yeah. and, uh, and, uh, uh, Larry from a band Pegboy, my favorite band in the world, to see him come in here. Like I was already very flattered. I didn't really know him personally before that, right. and was super flattered that he was even willing to do like a comedy sketch because he's not. He's like the guy that's just up there in like his work T-shirt and jeans. Be like hey, his <laughs> yeah. next song, uh, "Stop Me from Killing Myself." Uh, it's a cheap trick cover. <laughs> And for him to like, yeah, I'd I love to do it. And see, like, he's got his reading glasses on, looking at the script. Like, I just want to get it right. I'm like, oh. Uh-huh. Just... But yeah, I remember that day. CJ, you, they, I think they brought you into the building on a stretcher. You were looking yeah. rough from the get-go. Yeah, yeah you were, you're, I know you are worried, but you're definitely a little weary. Like, okay, so you are coming to the recording tonight as well? Like, it was after yeah. a good eight hours of day training. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't miss it for the world. Your parents are going to be there, right? And you're, yeah. Speaking of which, like, your family like, wasn't me. They were, yeah. You look like you were on year 26, a hair of the dog as an actual <laughs> medical treatment for a hangover. <laughs> it was a great special, anyway. Yeah, oh, thanks, Bart. Thanks. Yeah. So, any, anything else you want to uh, plug that uh, you didn't uh, do no, anywhere no else? No accounting for taste with Shane Torres. Yeah. Uh, the Boogie Monster with my pal Dave Stone. That's and great. I just, I just uh, tour forever for some reason. I still uh, really love. You got to figure it out, man. You're Are you going to be Oregon? in? Uh, you're usually yeah. in Chicago around Thanksgiving. You going to do that again this year? Got yeah. I don't know what this comes out, but we're doing uh, Canaan's Giving over at Dahlia Hall. Oh, this will come out before then, so yeah, that'll be great. Okay, yeah, I don't know if it's home. Monday and Tuesday or Tuesday and Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Usually Monday and Tuesday. I let people have that Wednesday. Biggest drinking awesome. day of the year. The, uh, and I, I don't legendary. want that audience in my... I don't, I don't want that audience. <laughs> <laughs> at the legendary Talia Hall. That's great. And then you got to figure it out. Up in Oregon. You moved up to Oregon during the pandemic, and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to try it out. And No, that's you. you I that's tried it. I liked it. I think yeah. I'm just staying up there, man. Nice. That's amazing. All right, well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, always love having you. Thank you, fellas. Yep, and we'll be back after this with more Blackout Diaries. And we're back at the Blackout Diaries. I'm Sean Flannery. With me, as always, is CJ Sullivan. Kyle Kinane has just left us. What a great story that was. Amazing. I can't stop thinking about that. I've never heard that story. When he was uh, <laughs> in the drive-thru at Del Taco on his bike, and a car full of Armenian women in front of him, and a car full of <laughs> Armenian guys behind him flirting by roasting Kyle in the middle. What a welcome to the big city. <laughs> I mean, God damn it! He's got to tell that story. It's it so fun. it's so it's so endearing. It is it him, is. like just like the side sack. Like like I, I imagine him getting rained on individually. <laughs> he's like just in a, a cloud right over his head. Everything he orders, him. they're out of. <laughs> anyway, but we are back. But so what a, what a great time with Kyle Canadian. Uh, great story, bringing up a great topic for us, which is. Yep. Family embarrassments. And as you know, CJ, we like to scour world news and find potential candidates to come join us in Chicago at our live show, 10 p.m. at the Lincoln Lodge every week. And we like to call this segment Open Invite, where we believe we have found somebody on the news that we think is Blackout Diaries candidate. And uh, CJ, we found a whopper here. These are two sisters who got in a fight at Disney World. (laughs) (laughs) Fight in Disney World. The headline is, is pretty great. They don't. They don't. They 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 bury the lead of their sisters because there's so much. I like I like a headline. There's a lot going on in this story. I love a headline that's so packed with yeah. so many great things. The headline as I'm looking at it, it says: Drunk guests take clothes off and brawl at Disney Springs, slip on vomit into bushes during fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> oh man, this is awesome. Yeah, uh, it said in an ongoing series of recent fights at Walt Disney World, police arrested two drunk guests on multiple charges. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two women, ages 29 and 39, were vacationing with their family in Orlando. <laughs> the sisters ate at a steakhouse and seemed to be having an enjoyable evening at first. 
even though they were 30 minutes late to their reservation. I love them throwing that in. <laughs> yeah, because it's, I should say, we should say this is coming from WDWNT.com, which is uh, the Walt Disney, uh, <laughs> the Walt News Disney Peter. newsletter of just their parks. And it keeps you up, <laughs> it keeps you updated on things like, you know, reviews for the new Buffalo chicken fries with gravy and things like that. Things of, you know, things that are pertaining to news for the Walt Disney parks. So anyway, so they take this very seriously in all the different countries of Epcot and stuff. <laughs> yes. And it goes, then the problems began small at first when they tried to get back to their hotel off a of Disney property. First of all, they, they start got, off, they got drinks at an Irish restaurant. And yeah, it just, I was <laughs> they don't throw the cultures in there like it's Epcot. Well, you know what happens yeah. at the Irish restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I do love how we're the one race, and I legit love this. I'm not uh-huh. being sarcastic. The just open racism is allowed to I, I know absolutely the Notre, the Notre Dame mascot no one even talks about changing that <laughs> like if you were every ESPN the only way you get fired from ESPN is if you openly try to speculate on why black athletes are superior <laughs> to white athletes but if you everyone has a theory about the Irish and drinking <laughs> like it's just like you're all allowed to right. say whatever you it want it is open season did I tell you about the first time I ever went to Boston mm. and I was floored that there was no happy hour Right, and uh, I was like, "Why is?" Well, I asked the bartender, "Why is there no happy hour?" And then I asked at three other bars just to see if they gave me the same explanation. They all gave me the same explanation. They go, "It's the Irish." <laughs> Dude, they couldn't handle it. Yeah. Mean, we, we'd 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 lose our we'd take a bath on it. Yeah, I have to say uh, that is a thing with you and traveling. I've noticed, but I've been in many cities with you. And you you <laughs> you like to ask what the what the happy hour uh, job like what <laughs> what the rule is in every city. Kind of like you want to establish. Okay, let, I do. I like to get a lay the land. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I want to know ex- the exact rules. I want to talk, and, I, and I'm going to verify at multiple locations to see if you're giving me the straight dope or not. <laughs> I'm not taking one person's answer. I'll right, so just, like, just like tap at the hotel concierge, like that <laughs> ring. Okay, first order business. And I'm like, is there- <laughs> trying to plan my day tomorrow. Want to know what time happy hour starts right. at? <laughs> so they, so Boston said because of the Irish, can't just can't do happy hour. Boston said it was because of the Irish. They said that like basically the highways were like Mad Max, <laughs> just thousands of people dying. And you, of course, famous uh, but, shitting on L.A. Who likes to do their happy hour late at night <laughs> to, to help have people come because people go home. Which I kind of, I kind of. Oddly, I sort of respect mm-hmm. L.A. bars. They have good happy hour specials. They have great happy hour true. specials, but, like you, but as you like to point out, it's at a, well, odd hours, like from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. To totally odd hours. And where that, that would not totally float anywhere hours. else. No, exactly. Yeah, you would have to build 30 <laughs> hospitals if you wanted to do that in Chicago. <laughs> but now at the Epcot Center, I don't know what was yeah. going on over at the Let's Irish. go back to this Magic Kingdom. The, the Irish uh, restaurant. So an Uber pulls up. The Uber driver refuses to take them, says they're too drunk. So then he... So Their phone dies. Well, a big part of the story here is, yeah, the phone dies. Disney security helped them call an Uber. Yes. So, like, listen, I'll get the Uber for you. Then Uber comes. Yeah, no way. You know what I mean? First, <laughs> first of all, he's probably on a red alert that the security called it, whatever. He probably sure, called it from yeah. her phone. So, so, so I do like, so a lot of the story is becoming, you know, Told through the security. These women eyes. just becoming more and more people's problems. <laughs> <laughs> just bigger and bigger groups of staff dealing with these two sisters. Oh my God. We should say they are from Jersey. That also comes into a play. <laughs> Disney security. Yeah. The women argued while waiting for a taxi and then the night arrival. This is my favorite part. The mm-hmm. older sister called the younger sister a bad mom and slapped her. <laughs> I do like what I that sibling. That's how sibling fights are. They go after each other. Then a third party comes in. Hey, you guys are right. Then they both team up against them. Fuck you. Yeah, don't call her. I can call her whatever I want, but you can't call us anything. It was late around 1240 when Orlando County Sheriff's Office got a dispatch to go break up the fight. Mm -hmm. The younger sister was screaming and crying when they arrived near Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> I don't know how they got over there. She was only wearing her underwear and sandals. Oh, that's very Jersey, too, especially with the women. They, 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 they mix up violence and nudity a lot. It's, just, it's all just rebellious yelling, we'll take this, and they'll flash each other. Yeah. What? What's going on? Because it makes you, it, it, they're smart because it knows it makes them tougher to handle by, like, cops and security mm-hmm. and, like, you know. It also creates a level of eroticism yeah, for absolutely. the men. Absolutely. security's not going <laughs> to have to break up the, the security fight. guard's not yeah. going to step in. Like, why don't you break up? Break it up is one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Are you kidding me? I've been listening to It's a Small World for the last... People f- were leaving Circus all <laughs> for this. So, yeah, once separated... Oh. This is pretty funny. 
both sisters ran at each other, which is great. They separate them to neutral corners, and then yeah. they run at each other. Trying to cool them down. <laughs> they run at each other like German, Jersey, Tasmanian devils. They ran at each other, s- slipped into younger sister's vomit, then fell into the bushes while still fighting. The security manager stated the younger sister ran a few feet away, took off her dress, exposing her breasts, and then they began punching each other again. <laughs> this is great. These, these quotes are amazing. They keep them on top of each other. The security manager and another cast member who witnessed the fight. I just like other mascots coming in. <laughs> it's <a> goofy. Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Cricket tried to trip her with the cane. They were able to separate the two again until the uh, deputies arrived on the scene. Um well, we have always said at the Blackout Diaries that a very big safety consideration that drunks forget about is the importance of footwear <laughs> if you're going to have this crazy of a night. You really need to have no slip shoes, you know, or, or get barefoot. No, absolutely You certainly not. don't want to be in heels go. doing this. Jersey, Jersey girls are usually pretty good with that, but when, when you got vomit bushes and, Dis- and Disney's got that, you know, that slick surface... <laughs> You're going to have a lot of uh, mishaps. <laughs> a lot of hazards. Bad mother. The other one says, I don't like your this. boyfriend. The other cops are like putting that into the report. No, oh, of course. Well, bad mother's the ultimate insult. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you can say whatever you want, like bad wife, bad sister. But when you say bad mother, I mean, that's how women like to, you know, judge themselves. It's, no mm-hmm. matter what you say about right. me personally, you I'm a You can't take mother. that away from me. But that's a combustible situation, though, when you have family vacations at, Dis- at parks like Disney World. Oh, anything like that. I, anytime you're dropping a lot of money, you're getting emotional, and you're starting to feel a little entitled. Like you're a guest. Everyone there works for you, you know, and it can kind of bring out the worst emotions in people. Do you know how much money we're spending here? You know, like you, that, that phrase gets said a lot. Right. That happens at uh, weddings a lot, too, is where that always entitlement. You always said there's no more entitled group ever than a wedding party that has to leave the wedding once it's over with, and then they go to the hotel bar. Oh, yeah, that's a combustible mixture because this is a group that has been treated like royalty for the last seven hours <laughs> right. while they drink. <laughs> Now going to a nameless tavern in Kenosha, Wisconsin, <laughs> and expecting the same level of service. Yeah, right at that hotel bar. They just had open bar. They came, they're snapping, and, they're, and they're, they look wrecked. They're like, tuxes are ripped apart, like the yeah. deer hunter, you know, or the deer hunter <laughs> movie scene. And they can't believe they're not getting the same service. And people just scream. And they're screaming just from being in the I would home. honestly, if I owned such a tavern, I would just shut. I would... I would bolt the door shut. I would say we're closed. I wouldn't even <laughs> let them enter. I wouldn't even let them enter in that situation. Wedding's not welcome. Wedding <laughs> parties. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, well, see, man. CJ, you got, I mean, you know, you're from Jersey. Do we have time to get into uh, some of your Jersey stories? Sure, of course. We got. We have a little bit of time left here. When it comes to wedding, I know the uh, wedding story you're thinking of. Well, I, I was actually not thinking of the wedding All right. story. What I are you was thinking, thinking about there? the time... I mean, uh, you know, you're from South Jersey. You are yep. a Philly fan. Philadelphia the time fan, correct. You ruined a family imbe- event and kind of yeah, embarrassed everyone by, they claim it's the drunkest they've ever seen you. Yeah, my mom claimed it was the drunkest I've ever been. See, speaking of your getting picked up, she picked, she had to pick me up after a, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I, I kicked out of a World Series game. <laughs> but if the, Which the Philly you, you the need World to add Series. in Philly, because I, I think if somebody's like, okay, yes. all right, where was it? You know, right? It was in Philadelphia. You gotta do a lot. Kansas City, sure, I could see that. You know, <laughs> Philly, right? <laughs> Philly gotta do a lot. It was a special. It was a special day, though. I remember the Eagles were playing during the day. The Phillies were playing later at night. The World Series right across the street. It's all in the same complex. Mm-hmm. The Who concert was going on in the same complex. There was just like, and people chaos. were getting. It was chaos, and people were getting kicked out of each venue and just being shuffled on over to a different group. Like, all right, I guess I'll go go listen to the Who for a little bit and do some balloons with these. <laughs> With these aging hippies, you know, and then Eagles fans would go over to the Phillies fan. They get kicked out, you know, just moving around. And then I got picked up in the middle of Broad Street by my mom and just like literally <laughs> flagged her down the middle of the road. The streets were kind of empty because, you know, the World Series game was still occurring. It was like in the fifth. It wasn't like okay. nowhere near time to leave early for a game. 
And then, she, yeah, apparently I, I literally just flagged her down like it's like a car driving in the street, and I just like got barreled in, and she and uh, <laughs> I started off with they they fucked us, mom. They they completely fucked. When you hear well, I you know just just screaming nonsense, and she and, and she said I, 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 shockingly. Almost. So, I mean, obviously, she was not enjoying this, uh, having to leave um, yeah. the family event because I was back home for it was November, or whatever, in October, and uh, back uh, home for the holidays. Back home for the holidays, a family function. She had to leave, of course, to come get me. She she assumed that I went with uh, friends, that I'd be able to <laughs> go home with friends, somehow get to a ride, not expecting that call. It's because that is literally the drunkest I have ever seen you, almost impressively. If I wasn't so mad, I'd be impressed <laughs> right now. <laughs> what was the final straw? Why did Philly security decide you had to be uh, 86th out of there? It was actually, I remember it being a kind of a mutual um, <laughs> a mutual agreement. I was getting in an argument, sports argument, with other Philly fans about uh, country Joe Blanton, our fifth starter, who was an inning eater, kind of. We, we, we yeah, I remember him, him yeah. yeah. Never yeah. had great stuff, but never, never had great hurt. His ERA was over five. He was a fifth starter, but they weren't sure. paying him to be a fifth starter. Yeah. But, he, but he had a great record that year because the Phillies they won the World Series. They were the best team in baseball, you know. So he'd give up. Eight, he'd give up five runs, and the Phillies would score ten. You know. Yeah. So my buddy who was with me asked me, "Is Joe Blanton any good?" And I was accurately telling him no, <laughs> but he serves a purpose. <laughs> it angered this this the white knight Philly fans. Like you know, Philly fans are like you are, just, are the problem. You know, I mean, blah blah blah. You can't. He's a winning pitcher. He's a you know winning pitcher, and this is this is almost. This also pre before sabermetrics was cool to say. Mm -hmm. like, you know, so you're before, trying to give them stats that it's like you're speaking a foreign language. Exactly, and I'm telling how wins mean nothing. And when you're <laughs> when you're drunk and you yell winning means nothing, it, it's hard to get <laughs> it's hard to get rally behind it, you know. And so then I think my final argument is you must think Dan Marino's a terrible quarterback then because he never won a Super Bowl and like it has nothing to do with the Phillies in the World Series. And, that's, yeah. and other Philly fans were injecting like guys, guys, come on, man, we're we're in the World Series here. It's like I mean. What when does this ever happen? We're about to win the World Series. I mean, that's not important because this city thinks Dan Marino's terrible football. <laughs> and then security came down. I'm obviously being loud. And like, ah, you, you know what? You're right. It's been a lot. And I think I had an Eagles shirt on. Been to the Eagles game earlier, buddy? <laughs> kind of kind of situation. All right. You know what? I'm just going to. I'm going to find my way home across the uh, Walt Whitman Bridge and see what we can do. And that somehow, in my adulthood, that's what's embarrassing when your mom says that. When, first of all, getting you picked up from your mom when you're an adult and having told her, wow, that was actually the drunkest I've ever seen, seen you back when you've already been a seasoned veteran at this. Yeah, so. I can tell that I embarrass both my parents and, and wife semi-regularly because whenever I'm leaving the house, they'll remind me my age. Like, they'll go up. <laughs> right, oh, you're yeah. going out? Who are you seeing? Oh, you're seeing your buddy Tyson? Okay. Well, remember, you're 45. <laughs> like those, those will always be their final words. And I feel like that's been uh, happening you know, for the last 20 years. There's, there's yeah. different numbers. That, 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 it's just a different number. Right. You, you would think that would, uh, they would understand that. That doesn't mean anything to us. That's not doing the impact. Well, so you know, the tragedy of it is I usually, I honestly do get like a, an impulse. Like, you know what? I didn't know that. <laughs> am, I, am I 45 this year? That's, I've, I've been saying 43 for a while and 47. But then you, you, know, you get in your buddy's car who's driving and uh, you forget that. And back to <laughs> right. age 24. <laughs> exactly. Some of those things just don't work. It's like showing kids a picture of a black lung to try to stop them, to make them stop smoking. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know. That's, that's 100 years from down the road. Like, you're 45. Oh, really? That's pretty impressive, if anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you, you got to get, get men to absorb their 45 first. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You're right, babe. How many, what other 45-year-olds I know can still do this? <laughs> still, be a, still be a colorful jackass like we can. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's going to do it for this, uh, this episode it. of the Blackout Diaries because we had the great Kyle Kinane. We had so much Kyle Kinane. We're definitely going to have him again. That was just absolutely incredible. Um, let's do some quick plugging real quick at the end, even though I think we're supposed to do it up top. Let's just do it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. TJ Sullivan was taken and, uh, you know, all that other stuff. And Sean Flannery. You book. can uh, get my book at SeanBearFlannery.com, places mm -hmm. I can't return to. And you can come see me every Friday at the Lincoln Lounge, 10 p.m. for the live version of the Blackout Diaries, where you hear all these show these live sets that are recorded. 
Oh, CJ, I, I have a uh, next week. We don't have time to talk about it next week, but uh, funny Malort contest up. We had our first ever customer in 10 years just straight up vomit once he tried it. Really? Oh, I do yeah, want to hear that. Yeah, that's a first for us. Because I was so. just back in Chicago. I hosted one Blackout Diary episode, and then I uh, headlined the next one at a great time. We had people... The the Malort the cat the Malort segment the Malort was is it, the Malort segment is so volatile it's great it, it, really it is, is it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean and you demand you demand the chaos almost you're asking the audience to participate they do and they start fighting each other it's it's incredible you have to go see the Blackout Diaries at the Lincoln Lodge every Friday night and we send them. and of course keep listening and subscribing to the podcast uh, that's it do we have a fun exciting outro or do we just say goodbye it's the last call. <laughs> all right. We well, gotta go. It was, <laughs> all right, that's it. Last call. You, you gotta go home, but you gotta you gotta click off your podcast. I don't know. All right, goodbye. A podcast network.